This is Purple Radio On Demand. Good morning then and welcome to Purple Radio. My name's Emily Kilner, I'm joined by Billy Payne and John Bentley for our um, Desert Island Discs show. Um, we've rescheduled from a Friday um, because it was very nice that John was able to join us after being up in Durham last night for a talk at the Durham Union. Um, I will quickly give a little overview then of what our Desert Island Discs is, if you haven't listened before. Very popular Radio 4 programme, where we have our castaway joined with us on air, who is on a desert island and they're only allowed to take with them eight discs and listen to them, well, for the rest of their lives. They're also able to take one object and a book, um, but this object is not allowed to have any form of communication outside the island. So um, here we have today John Bentley. Um, John Bentley is a journalist and television producer and presenter, particularly in the field of motoring. You'll know him as he produced Top Gear between 1987 and 1999 and was the series producer of Fifth Gear from 2002 to 2004. Very well known for helping launch the career of Jeremy Clarkson, among others. Um, he actually also has a corner named after him on the Top Gear test track. Um, most well known though today for presenting The Gadget Show on Channel 5, and he has recently released a book, Autopia, The Future of Cars. Hello John, how are we doing today? Oh, actually pretty well. Thank <laughs> you very much for inv inv inviting, me, inviting me along. No yes. worries at all. I'm very, very glad that you could join us. Um, I'm sure lots of people will be very interested to hear about your music taste. Uh, uh, yes, I mean, they might be disappointed. I don't know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's actually quite difficult to, uh, decision to make. Yeah. I must say, when John sent me over his list, I know one song, but it's good because I learned something about music. It's really interesting. So thank you for that. Oh, <laughs> um, so we'll start just by a little discussion about your music taste. Um, how would you kind of describe it if you're going to? Oh, I, I suppose fairly wide. I'd always, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, I mean, even, even back when I was at school, I remember the first time I actually bought any proper records, yeah. long, full, at that stage, 12 inch records, and they were, um, and I'd been listening on Radio Caroline the night before, and, they, they, <laughs> and, uh, and Pink Floyd had launched uh, uh, Dark Side of the Moon for the first time. But, and, and there's some other music. And, uh, um, uh, so I went out the next day and bought that in a record shop but also I'd been listening to Radio 3 and at the same time I bought a copy of Ravel's Bolero and so uh, I had um, that, that, that was my first day's active radio uh, record purchasing so I suppose so very wide ranging mm. <laughs> and now you're a bit more of a digital man uh, well, actually, other platforms. <laughs> well, I keep everything alive, really. I've got, um, yeah, I, I still have uh, a couple of turntables, mm -hmm. um, cassettes. Brilliant. I don't. I, well, actually, having said that, we've got an old car with a cassette player, so I even use cassettes. There's uh, a, um, uh, I still use CDs uh, mm -hmm. a bit, and use, use uh, but I, I tend to do a lot, lot of listening on on Spotify these days. Um, including in the car because it's very handy because it works very well with uh, Apple CarPlay and the Android Auto if you're using that. So, yeah, yeah, of course. No, and we think we also have a massive CD collection here at Purple Radio and think it's a shame that we don't, you know, everything has to be on digital these days and mm. it's nice to hear that people still well, listen to their sometimes records. Sometimes they it's stop brilliant. streaming it and it's the only, <laughs> exactly, way, to, it's the only exactly. way to have it. Yeah. Have it on a permanent record. Okay, so without further ado, I will... I'm very interested for you to introduce your first song and why it would be this um, that you are taking to a desert island. Uh, well, I, it, it, the the song is actually it's the opening uh, theme to the film Get Carter. It's one of my favourite films. I thought it was appropriate. I was coming up uh, to the to the northeast myself. Admittedly, I was driving. I wasn't going on a train, but it's just a fantastic <laughs> opening sequence of a film. I think the music by Roy Budd. You can either have it with the sound effects or without. Um, the cinematography was by Wolfgang Wolfgang Szczytski, who is an incredible press photographer and cinema. Photographer and the framing is fantastic. It's a wonderful opening sequence, a wonderful piece of music to get you going and get you into things and get you into the northeast. Brilliant. Well, mm. would you like to introduce the track? 
Mm, yes, it is. It is the opening theme music to get caught up. Here we go. John, thank you so much. What a lovely, interesting way to start the show then. An intense ending. I think I'd like to see that film. I would, yes. I have actually seen it. I'm quite proud of myself. I think I saw it once when I was a kid. This is a big moment. <laughs> it's the young man in the room. Quite happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no offense. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm just wondering, how did you really get into cars? How did oh, cars come about? Right now, I think it has been interested in cars since as long as I can remember, really. I mean, I, I used to uh, collect car brochures and things as a child. Mm. Um, I used to even read economic reports and everything on cars as a child. The car industry, <laughs> the British car industry was going through a pretty mm. bad phase in the 70s when I was growing up. Aye. And that was all all very interesting. Um, and obviously, I'm desperate to get uh, my driving test passed as soon as I could after my 17th birthday, all that sort of thing, even though when I went to university, even though I was studying something entirely different, I nevertheless uh, mm. always kept mm. up my interest in cars. And so after I left uh, uh, college, I went to work for Fords. Oh. And, uh, or Ford, as you should say. Fords, they say. <laughs> and then how did the cars lead into like TV as well? Um, well, that, uh, I mean, ad- actually working for Ford, was it wasn't quite as interesting as I'd hoped. I'd, I worked on in finance on something called capacity planning, working out how many things, like how many windscreen wipers and things are required in various plants. It was a bit, a bit dull, but happily I saw, uh, I saw an ad, uh, uh, they used to have ads in The Guardian in those days for the BBC, and, and uh, they had one wanting somebody to be a researcher on Top Gear. And uh, I hadn't actually really watched the programme, I'd watched the previous we did wheelbase quite a bit, because uh, I didn't get around to watching TV much at... Uh, at college, but uh, fortunately, in the press office at Ford, they had a lot of um, a lot of VHSs. So I went and uh, had a look at them, and um, and was reasonably well informed by interview. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so. and uh, it kind of went from there then. Uh, yes, yeah. so I, I so I then got into working for cars. I'm, I'm fortunate actually, I've only ever worked to my childhood interests really. That's, not, that's which the I would, that's which the I would recommend <laughs> to say if, if you're um, if you're making career decisions yourself, which I'm sure many people are mm-hmm. at, uh, at college. Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, that's good advice out there then for the university <laughs> students. Follow your childhood dreams. Do do what yes. you love, hey? Mm. Yeah. So that leads into our next song, I think. Um, would you like to introduce? why you've chosen this song because I said before this was the only song I knew on the playlist really? I love it yes ah, well I, I, I found as I was uh, I was a bit bored with my life at, at, at Ford and I decided I was going to go and work for BBC but I realised I had I decided I wanted to go and work for BBC but I had no idea about how the corporation mm-hmm. worked and everything so I thought I ought to uh, go around and find out I knew somebody who mm-hmm. was working on Blue Peter for example and, uh, as a PA and I, I thought well I'll go and ask her if I can have a look around and this song sort of followed me round when I went round to the, uh, it was being performed on the Blue mm-hmm. Peter recording I watched it was um, uh, uh, playing in the, the taxi on the way to my interview it was all that sort, which actually in a way is not at least at all surprising because it was the Christmas number one at the time in 1983 when I was doing all this. <laughs> well, it's only you uh, by by the uh, of flying pickets, and it, it just sort of is therefore uh, uh, got a sort of significance for me mm-hmm. in my life. Not much my daughters recognised. I was very touched when uh, my younger daughter very kindly uh, got me a twelve inch single of it. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant! Oh, that's Great to associate that with such nice memories as well. Yeah. So here we go. This is only you by the flying pickets. Now, John, thank you very much for that track. We had a great time listening to that here. (laughs) Um, Really, really enjoyable. Um, So I'd like to ask you a bit about your time on The Gadget Show. Um, Where did... So obviously we've spoken a bit about cars and how you got into that. Did that then develop your passion for technology as a whole? Oh, no, I've always had passion for technology. Again, it's another another childhood interest. My parents indulged me. They used to buy me... um, 
I think it was a Philips construct your own radio and other bits and pieces of, of, of equipment. Uh, so you know set, exactly so what's going on here like, then with all these buttons. King of tech. You had to get so, the tech uh, man yes. in. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, and I was allowed to do lots of uh, you know smell the house out with chemical photography mm-hmm. when I when I was when I was little, all that sort of thing. So I used to mend my mend TVs and try and sell them, which I did a few. Okay. Um, all, all that sort of stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. So so, uh, so I was always a bit, bit interested in the tech side. Mm. I was I was relatively early adopter of things like BBC Micros and uh, ZX eighty ones in my my youth thinking wow. about computers. But I soon realised that programming was actually a bit beyond me. But uh, well, this language is going completely over my mm. head. But I'm sure <laughs> sure it's very very interesting. Jacob will know exactly what we're speaking about. Um, and is there anything? Is there one thing that sticks in your mind from the gadget show that your favourite ever piece of gadget or technology? Yeah. I mean, well, uh, uh, lots of them. Most things are really enjoyable. I mean, I'd, I'm not one of life's great gamers, but I'd had mm-hmm. uh, I had we had a 24-hour race at Silverstone against a real car on a on a R Factor racing mm-hmm. day. And that was that that was uh, glorious uh, um, and um, most enjoyable. I can remember I remember sort of things that don't work. I mean, things like early translation devices that were particularly mm-hmm. useless and, and, and uh, trying those out and getting everything wrong. And uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I think, I think that that would be certainly a, a, a top thing. Yeah, really, really cool. It must be so interesting being. The, somebody like being able to discover those those kind of things and then seeing kind of now talking about translation devices and now look what we have you can yes, speak into your phone we're still not quite there yet though we still haven't got that Babelfish-esque one that really can do everything not quite I was blown away the other day <laughs> when on Google Translate you can like any like you can see another language and mm. it will instantly translate mm. on your f- that blew my mind i yes. was like, are we living in the future now <laughs> and well, that was it and it, did it work did the work did it, it worked work? like did once work? sometimes it didn't but like right. yep. <laughs> sometimes yep. it did oh, that's good a that's bit good. of a way to go then <laughs> definitely um so we'll go straight on to our next track then john um mm. would you like to introduce this one tell us a bit about why as well because it's another track that once again i hadn't listened to before today oh, right. <laughs> well i mean uh, this this is on on <laughs> days like these the matt monroe um song from the start of the italian job which is for me for a number of reasons I love Matt Monroe as a singer and I still mm-hmm. tend to use him as an ultimate test of headphones if I've got one I'm not really quite sure whether <laughs> whether 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 the sound quality is very good I always put a Matt Monroe track on to see whether his voice sounds good enough that's one reason and, and, and another reason is it is sort of it's an example of um, one of the great thrills of working the BBC when I discovered it was the fact that you could actually have access through their blanket agreement to virtually any music to put on the program, which which is not wow. the case with the, with the Gadget Show. Mm-hmm. It, it's arranged as Channel Five. Um, so, and I remember being really breathless with excitement of all the different songs you could put with different things. So you could have sort of. Um, I know, say Frank Sinatra with the 1950s mm-hmm. American car or something like that. Or, um, yeah, but, th- but this this was is one of the better known examples of wonderful because it's associated with the Italian job. It wasn't actually particularly popular actually in the 80s and 90s. It came back to its uh, revival a, a, a bit later. But I, I used it, I think, probably on an item about a, an early classic car rally or something like that. Mm-hmm. It seemed to fit it fit it really well so it's just an example of a a great song and be one uh, that shows what you can use with um with with um pictures to make uh, make interesting tv i yeah thank you very much mm. so here we go this is on days like these by matt munro another great track there john thank i think i'm going to come away from this and just my objective is now to watch these films ah, <laughs> and understand right. the music a bit better i think um so what you know, you've you've talked about this passion for technology, um, this passion for cars. What do you do in your spare time apart from presenting, apart from having these interests? Is there anything else that you like doing? Oh, I mean, I like going to walk, um, walk mm-hmm. uh, uh, usually with Mrs. Bentley on uh, and um, in the countryside. That's mm-hmm. really good. I do quite a bit of that. I try and understand the world. That's I think, mm-hmm. uh, and by 
to you know, reading newspapers and the economists and the FT and stuff like that. That's sort of sort of a bit of a hobby for me. I think. It, mm. And on that idea of like passion and stuff, you said earlier you've made like a career of doing what you love. Do you mm. still think that's going on? Do you still love what you're doing? Is oh, absolutely. Like... Yes, I'm still looking forward to what, whatever the rest of the uh, next few days hold. I think I, I'm an intern at uh, the Mail Online tomorrow, uh, testing out a, uh, a Chromebook. Um, oh, which, brilliant! Uh, which, so that should be uh, that should be an interesting day uh, day filming. And then I've got uh, and I'm testing big tellies with uh, Sarah from Sarah from Gogglebox. So that will be uh, another exciting <laughs> day. <laughs> it's, uh, it's good, good to have a good time there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, if I could have that job, be amazing. Sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so you like walks? Yep. And you've been in Durham. This is your first time in Durham, I understand. Yes. What do you think of it? Nice? I, I think it's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. I'm very surprised. I mean, I'm, I was surprised to discover I hadn't been here before. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, my, my, actually, my mother was here at university many, many years oh, ago. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, that, that, that was one reason I should have uh, should, should, should have come up. Uh, the other reason, obviously, I'm another one of my interests with sense of place and what mm-hmm. makes a place. And this is such an incredible yeah. one. Yeah. So I'm interested in architecture as well, which is another thing. And uh, how have I not seen the wonderful <laughs> Romanesque cathedral that I looked around yesterday afternoon? So, I, mean, yes, it's, uh, I was going to say, if you had any spare to time today, I'd recommend a little walk along the river and a visit to the cathedral. <laughs> yes, I'm done. Done. In architecture, there's one specific building I can refer you to. What's that? The cathedral, obviously. I'm sorry, <laughs> I think we're about to say there's a, there's a hidden modernist gem Is somewhere, there? like the Students' Union. Perhaps. The Students' Union. Yeah. It's Not a dis- debated building, yes. <laughs> yeah. but an interesting one nonetheless. Um, so your next track, I'll have to ask oh. you a bit about this first. Um, You've spoken to me a bit about jazz. Mm. Is this your? I know you said earlier that your music taste is very different. We've obviously had some some cinnamon music. We've had the Flying Pickets, but is it jazz that you kind of find yourself leaning more towards? A lot, a lot of the mm-hmm. time I do. I mean, uh, I, I some of my favourite radio programs, things like Jazz Record Requests on Radio Three. That's one of the which is which is brilliant. I would thoroughly recommend that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, all those sort of classic Blue Note uh, records I'd listen to again and again and again, not just Blue Notes, also things like Thelonious Monk and some of the latest Miles Davis, not on uh, Blue Note, at least I think I'm right in saying that. Um, and uh, uh, so, yes, I often go back to a sort of classic jazz tracks, um, of which I was originally going to go for, go for Lee Morgan's The Sidewinder, mm-hmm. but I think it's not on your system. <laughs> no, so, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> we couldn't get hold of it. <laughs> but there's plenty of others. I mean, there there's. Are. Uh, there's uh, Yes, anything by anything by um, Cannonball Adderley or uh, uh, or Miles Davis or um, uh, Horace Silver or indeed the one I I, I think we've got is uh, by Herbie Hancock. Yes, it is by is Herbie Hancock. Cantaloupe Island. Spoilt for choice, I think. <laughs> when I asked if you could pick a different jazz one, but here we go. Um, I'm sure it'll be just as good. So this is Cantaloupe Island by Herbie Hancock. Hey John, thank you for introducing me to some jazz. I must say. I've just admitted that I'm not a massive jazz fan. Um, we've just had a discussion we would never listen to jazz on a run. However, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, um, because I really did enjoy listening to that. So thank, thank you very you. much. Um, now we have to ask because you have just bought out a book. Um, and yes. Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, well, it's called Autopia. It's on the future of cars, and I really I set myself the challenge of trying to answer the questions that were running around my head which does what's going to power cars in the future mm-hmm. is autonomy actually going to take off where's that going to leave classic cars what's going to happen to motorsport um will there ever be flying cars and all that sort of thing and um so i, I spent about 15 months making mm-hmm. some inquiries and writing it all down and uh, and uh, it came out just before christmas and without giving too much away yeah. will there be flying cars i think it's oh, a question I, everybody wants to know <clears throat> I think that, that, that one's quite easy to answer and i think the answer is, is no simply 
because I mean, they've, been problem, nice <laughs> <laughs> they've been a vision for, for years, haven't they? But mm-hmm. the, the problem is, as soon as you try and design something that's going to be good as a car, it's al- almost automatically not good as a plane. It's too heavy, the wheels are big, mm-hmm. whereas a plane needs to have as light as possible, which affects things like the crash resistance of the car and all that sort of thing. It's, it's almost an impossible thing to combine. However, the concept of flying cars in the future, I think, may almost become slightly retro in itself because the one thing that the future does promise in that area, to a degree, is vertical takeoff, electric power, drone-like passenger vehicles. Mm-hmm. So they actually could happen. In, in, I think, in, in, in a way which um, which the flying has always eluded the the flying car concept, but they're, they're still not going to be for everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. the notion that everybody's going to come out of a tube station in the city and go <laughs> immediately go zoom off in these vertical takeoff drones. I mean, it would be noisy, chaotic. The sky would be mm-hmm. like completely dark with uh, with these things flying and buzzing everywhere. And that that that's not it's not going to be a mass thing, but but it could almost happen. Yeah, it's almost like in old films when they ask oh what's what's the world going to be like in 2020 and it's like oh flying cars and mm. all this and i get what you mean by saying it's almost a bit nostalgic to think of flying cars these days yes. and yeah. how that might actually happen but thinking of drones now that kind of changes the perspective a little bit it's really really interesting um and so how did you find the process of writing a book um, it's certainly perhaps more demanding than, uh, than I didn't initially mm-hmm. imagined. I tended to, to wake up every morning thinking I'm behind and I've got to do something, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which was uh, which quite wildly stressful. But I think I think uh, worth it. I do feel much better informed as a result. Brilliant. Yeah. That must be how we filled our dissertations, maybe. <laughs> oh, we're so lucky. Well, we must do some today. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll we'll get round to it. I'll maybe. definitely do it. Maybe yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, so your book is called, just to reiterate... Um, Autopia. 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 So if you are interested um, in the future of cars, then make sure you do take a look at that. Um, so on to our next track then. Um, I won't give it away just yet, but musicals. How do you feel about musicals? Uh, well, actually, quite positively, generally. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I'm, yes, I mean, I, again, I can think of using those in, in programmes and things, but... Uh, um, I, one thing in the modern world is your the use of Spotify gives away mm-hmm. even to yourself. You may be surprised by what you what you've been listening to most during the year. And I was rather surprised to discover oh, your top <laughs> songs of 2019. Mine were very interesting. Well, I, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, to your friends, I don't actually listen to these songs. I promise. <laughs> but and, no. Um, uh, and I was rather surprised to discover that uh, mine last year was one of two songs, the first and second place, mm-hmm. from uh, from La La Land, the film. And uh, it was touch and go. I think it was. I think the opening is the Another Day of Sun. I think it is, mm-hmm. which I think unfortunately in some ways very jolly, but it came second to the rather more reflective uh, The Fools Who Dream from the audition sequence, which starts uh, mm-hmm. starts with um, with, a, with a voice. Yeah. So yeah. when when I saw La La Land, I thought, oh, what could it be? Could it be City of Stars? Could it? And this is actually I didn't expect it to be this one because it's not. Well, it's brilliant, but it's not the most popular out of all the songs, so it's a really interesting choice, actually. What part of the film is it in? That's a good question. I can't remember. (laughs) 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 The music's taken over from my memories of the film almost completely. (laughs) There's a brilliant film, though. So (laughs) let's play then. Um, This is Audition, The Fools Who Dream from La La Land. Well, that was rather nice, wasn't it? (laughs) it We were just speaking, we can't beat a good musical. Uh, Well, properly, yes. What's your favourite tone? Oh... I'm a Grease man. Oh Any right. gr- if Grease is on, Grease, that is it all day. If I hear one song, that's all I'm listening to for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it would have to be One Day More from Les Miserables. Oh, that's a good one. Mm, that's I can't, once I'm, I'm on a bit of a Les Miserables binge at the minute and I mm. can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we were just talking about 
as part of Desert Island Discs, obviously, you have to bring an object ah, to the island. Oh gosh, that's difficult. Yeah. Ooh. This is difficult. This is the one I'd probably find hardest to do. Hmm. What would the object be? Maybe it should be a car. Maybe I should go drive around around the island <laughs> on, 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 on a Lotus Elite with a Lotus Elite trying to sort of that experience the, the one. Me. Oh, <laughs> maybe it could be a camera. Maybe maybe one of uh, some a camera you've got to work hard at and get right. I've never mm. ever in life got round properly to using a plate camera. You know those mm. those ones mm-hmm. where you have to get all the film exactly in the right oh, relationship yeah, yeah. with the. 3D stuff and yeah. everything, and, and, um, and but I, actually uh, one of those. And there's, I think there are companies now remake. Well, there are. They've never stopped making them. So uh, an endless supply of film, a developing, a sort of developing uh, yeah. and darkroom type cave, and uh, and a plate camera. A full I think structure we've that, got that there. <laughs> yes. So just well, to clarify, we're bringing a darkroom, a plate <laughs> camera, yes. and f- unlimited <laughs> film. <laughs> made, made modest requirements. I'll yeah. have to double check that fits <laughs> with the rules. <laughs> What, so I've always find it interesting what people imagine their desert island to be like. So what can you imagine taking photos of? Ooh, wonderful rock formations, mm-hmm. w- uh, wildlife, amazing skies. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. All, all pa- I imagine palm trees, yes. sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to think of some other trees as well, though. I'd like to think there's a, like, uh, <laughs> more like interesting a, ones. <laughs> a rainforest or something like a, 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 a perspective. Is, we haven't had that yeah. before. Palm trees are a very popular one. <laughs> oh, right. I just want, like, you know, food to survive. Oh. <laughs> that would be your object. That's food, food, yeah. Is that allowed? I'm not sure. I, yeah, it's, I think it. the only regulations are that you can't have anything that c- you can communicate with the outside world. So I can't bring like a pilot and a plane as two objects. Definitely but, you know, not. Okay, cool. Definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> Otherwise your desert island discs are pointless because you can just go home and listen to more. Yeah, good <laughs> <laughs> um, So moving on then, our next piece is a classical one. So mm. we've had some jazz, mm. we have had some musicals. Mm. Um, now, personally, I would definitely take some classical music. Mm. Um, but it's very hard to narrow down, so I'd be yes. interested. Why have you chosen um, this Sonata by Mozart? Uh, again, it's because I'd, I'd say to listening to it and discovering it whilst filming, mm-hmm. and um, I think it was in the early days of the of the gadget show, and um, we were testing. It was a day trip to test noise cancelling headphones, which then still fairly new, mm-hmm. um, and in Nice and uh, Cannes, and we took the we tested them on a helicopter taxi mm-hmm. where the uh, um, pilot was uh, very brave and insisted on doing uh, sort of like almost like stunts in it which was not exactly particularly welcome but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so but uh, I was um, uh, uh, testing out uh, these so I have some very fond memories of a sort of I think it was a very s- a lovely winter sunny day mm-hmm. on the south coast of France uh, doing Flying stunts in a calm. helicopter <laughs> keeping keeping calm listening to Mozart with and I never know really whether I can actually tell the difference between di- different pianists but somebody whose concerts I do tend to go mm-hmm. to is uh, Mitsuko Uchida and uh, that's why I've chosen her and she was her I was listening to on the day and this was one of the favourite tracks brilliant well let's hear it then so this is Piano Sonata number 14 by Mozart Sorry, I realised that was quite an abrupt end to that lovely, <laughs> lovely song. Um, but just in t- timekeeping, we wanted to make sure mm. that um, we had enough time to play your next two tracks. Very quickly then, I would like to ask you what book you would take to your desert island and why? I think I'd like to take uh, a, a book of a great photographer's photographs that I could dwell on and uh, and, and, and study and appreciate. And uh, obviously lots of spring to mind. I think I'd go with uh, Jane Baum, who uh, mm-hmm. uh, used to work for the Observer, did a lot of photography, mainly in mainly on film, black and white, with her Olympus usually, and uh, her her um, 
book, A Lifetime of Looking, is one that I think I've spent a lot of time with. Brilliant. And so you now have your dark room. You have your... your <laughs> 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 you have your camera and your photography <laughs> no, book. Yes. Um, bit of a theme going on there. Is photography something that you're passionate about I'm as well? Passionate. I'm not particularly good at it, but I'm quite passionate, passionate about it, yes. Brilliant. Mm. Oh, you have so many interests. It's fantastic to hear. <laughs> it's brilliant. It really is. Um, so fantastic. You're taking your photography book. We will move then on very quickly to the next track. Um, mm. It is another classical one for me. Well, it's sort of, sort of classical. I mean, uh, uh, when people ask me who my favourite artist is, I always mm -hmm. say Bach. And uh, I've got to have some bark of some sort. Uh, mm -hmm. So much to choose from. I've actually gone for a, he's, one thing about I think his music is it's so brilliantly susceptible to being interpreted. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the great uh, French Jacques Lucier it was band was brilliant at uh, at reinterpreting bark. And this is a track I particularly like. It's uh, has the BWV number eight four seven. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. Well, let's give it a listen then. Here we go. John, I loved listening to that. That was oh, absolutely good. fantastic. <laughs> what a lovely, lovely piece to choose. Thank you. Oh, well, yes, I enjoyed too. Try It's been a musical yeah. education for me as well today, as much mm. as a fun interview as well. Wow. Mm. <laughs> so we're almost coming to the end of our Desert Island Discs. Thank you ever so much for coming on and chatting to us. Um, we've had some really nice comments in saying that it's been a really interesting interview, very lively and fun, so that's always Ooh, that's what brilliant. we like to hear. <laughs> so that's really, really appreciated. Um, just a few last things then. We often ask this, so your music tastes, obviously, we've heard a bit about it today. Would you say that your family follow after you in this respect? Um, do those around you have similar music tastes as well? Uh, yes, I think they, mm -hmm. they all like quite a wide range of music. I mean, uh, uh, my, one of my older daughter at the moment is uh, actually she's in, into Verdi at the moment because she, she's she's a dancer uh, she uh, mm -hmm. did dance at Northern School of Contemporary Dance and she's currently working for the English National Opera in a in a Verdi performance in uh, in uh, London so uh, so she's uh, and she, she she came back really enthusing about that Fantastic. so that's that, that that's good um, my daughter's interest wide range of music and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Mrs Bentley puts up with all my music <laughs> 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 so, uh, yes. I'm sure I'm sure she loves it as well I'm sure she's educated as much as we. Can. Uh, Oh, and I believe your daughters are bilingual in French as well. Yes, yes. And so this kind of brings me on to our last track. Ah. Um, is this influence is your in, your taste in international music? Is that do you have a large interest in that as well? I wouldn't go as far as say a, a lot. I mean, I, I I do actually like a lot of international <laughs> tracks of one sort or another. Um, I mean, uh, my wife is French, and therefore <laughs> we probably did listen to a bit, bit more. I listen to a bit more French music as a <laughs> result, and take some of the great classic French singers. Um, and all, and the great classic Belgian French singers like Jacques Brel as well, all mm -hmm. and the people like that. But uh, I, I thought for this last track, I just choose a, a very jolly piece of uh, much slightly older, <laughs> uh, s uh, simpler but very enjoyable, mm -hmm. uh, enjoyable French music by the the, the wonderful uh, Jacques Trenet. Um, sorry, uh, um, Charles, Charles Trenet, Trenet. I should yeah. say. <laughs> yes, it was Jacques Musset, Charles Trenet. Um, uh, not, I was originally going to choose La Mer because that was another film thing. Mm. But the way, the way in Mr. Bean's Holiday when he finally arrives oh, and they go out onto the scene. Just a wonderful <laughs> scene. Uh, but instead, because this is jollier, I thought I'd go for Boom. Well, thank you so much, and once again, thank you so much for coming. It's been absolutely fantastic. Um, the recording will be up on our Spotify and on our iTunes as a podcast as well. So if mm. you have missed any of it or you want to listen again, um, please do. And thank you very much for listening to our Desert Island Discs today. Mm. So here we go, our last track by John Bentley. This is Boom by Charles Trenet. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.